Hello, and welcome to Sunday Devotionals with John and Rachel. We're so honored to have you join us as we explore God's truth and get to know him in a more authentic and intimate way. As we go through life, many of us have questions, concerns, and issues that may hinder us from fully embracing who God is and who he's called us to be. These devotionals are designed to help us navigate life and all that comes with it, learning and growing in God. So pull up a chair and grab a cup of coffee, or in my case, tea, and join us as we fellowship. So today is going to be a very, very, very close to the heart subject, okay? And we're going to be talking about forgiving yourself, forgiving yourself. All of us understand by nature what the word forgiveness means, right? From little kids, you know, say, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Okay. Now you say it's okay. They remember it was, it was our, our, one of our kids. Uh, what was it? What was them little shows? It was like one of the little shows that they did. And they had this episode where they created this song and you know, one kid did something wrong oh, to yeah. them and they said, when you say sorry, yeah, and the, then the you character say, was written to. Oh yeah. Yeah. Was yeah, it a little tiger? Yeah. Kylan. Yes, Nihal Kailan. Yeah. So <laughs> I remember why, and it stuck with me because it was like these kids, these, these shows making songs about everything. But I thought about it, and it was like when you say sorry, then the other person is t- supposed to say it's okay. Mm-hmm. Right? So when you apologize, the apology has its resonance with the person who offended the other person when the other person lets them off the hook and says, I forgive you. Right. So you ask for forgiveness and then I forgive you. So we understand what it feels like to need forgiveness. We also understand or we should understand what it feels like to ask for forgiveness. Now, the reason why this is important and why this is so critical for us in our walk with God is because forgiveness is at the heart of salvation. Salvation is God's act through Christ of forgiving us when we accept it from Christ. So understanding and having a healthy understanding of what it means to be forgiven is vital and vitally connected to us being able to walk freely in who God says we are. We have all sinned. The Bible says all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. So saved or not, we are all sinners saved by grace. It is by the grace of God that we can claim any goodness. And the goodness that we claim is not even really good because ain't nobody good but God. True forgiveness comes from God first. So the reason why, you know, and I was meditating this week and we were kind of like, you know, where should we go next? And there's going to be some other topics that we will be talking about in this series that tie to certain Bible characters that we all can relate to, you know, characters that we can relate to from different issues. Last week, we kind of focused on Peter and we focused on, you know, the fact that Peter messed up like Peter basically said, Jesus, I never knew you like we never met. Um, I never walked on water with you. I never saw you heal anybody. I I just I don't I'd never seen him before in my life. And we said that the Lord Jesus Christ, after he rose from the dead, says to his disciples, go tell my disciples and Peter to meet me because I want to talk. Jesus didn't hold a grudge against Peter for saying that he never knew him while Jesus was on his way to the cross. 
gives us a very interesting look at the heart of God and that God is not petty and God is not insecure. God is not a man. See, so the challenge for this particular topic is going to be looking at forgiveness from God's point of view and not ours. Our forgiveness needs to be upgraded to God's forgiveness. When God forgives, that is the true definition of forgiveness. When we forgive, that is another way of putting people on probation. Whether that means we put people on probation or put ourselves on probation, our definition of forgiveness needs work. So my question today would be, if God is requiring us to forgive one another, is he also requiring us to forgive ourselves? What does forgiving yourself look like? What does that do? Forgiving yourself first acknowledges the fact that you have offended someone. Now, we started out by saying all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, meaning we have all offended God, period. We have offended God in our humanity. We have insulted God just because we're humans. Like the baseline of it, we're born in sin. And just think about it like this. And this is not, we got to set the groundwork so we can understand exactly how God sees forgiveness and how liberating God's forgiveness is. And in that same way, God is requiring us to forgive one another, but then not leave ourselves out of that too. Because the fruit of us leaving ourselves out of that forgiveness impedes our own walk with the Lord. And that is a doorway to all the other things that we're going to be talking about, guilt, shame, condemnation, all the other stuff that we do that keeps us away from the grace of God. And it also impedes on our uh, ability to reach out and and touch Mm -hmm. and grasp someone else. I mean, looking at the example we talked about last week with Peter and how Jesus, in essence, was in that moment setting him free by asking him, Mm -hmm. do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? So basically, mm-hmm. I, I know what you did. You know what you did. We, we got through it. I died. I rose again. It's all good. At the end of the day, do you love me? Mm-hmm. Okay, great. You love me. You've confirmed it three times. Now go feed my sheep. And if there's not a forgiveness of oneself, then you can't go and feed the sheep adequately because exactly. you're still thinking about what could possibly. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And how many of us are walking around and God saying, I've called you to this. I've called you to that. I got that for you. I got that for you. And he may not be saying it like in a voice like this where you can hear thundering. It may not be that. It may be your own feelings that you're getting inside or as you're walking with the Lord, you're feeling drawn to tell people or feeling drawn to a certain area. God is doing something inside you. You can't really articulate it, but God is moving and stretching you out, so to speak. How can you give way to that freely and allow God to just do it in you if you are constantly reminding him and yourself of your inadequacy, of the fact that you messed up? You are always going to mess up. 
You are always going to make mistakes because you're God is holy and we're not. We are reaching for God. But God already is who he is. And if the one who is who he is is saying, I have forgiven you. Then us not forgiving ourselves for what he has forgiven us for is actually undermining what God said. Peter's story is a powerful example of forgiving yourself in that. Like you said, babe, Peter had to now demonstrate the fact that he loved Jesus so much. And my love is going to cause me to move forward. My love for the Lord, he's sitting here right now. Like that's just a crazy revelation, right? Like the last time Peter sees Jesus, he meets eyes with Jesus and Jesus is on his way to death. He's on his way to court. He's on his way to this travesty. And the last, the next thing Peter would hear is he died. Peter's probably telling himself he died. And after all y'all did together, you didn't even have the courage to acknowledge your relationship with him. Like you had such a public relationship with him that people recognized you. And the challenge of people recognizing you caused you to cuss and act a fool and say, I never met him in my life before. What are y'all talking about? Y'all are bugging. So you're thinking about the magnitude of the grief and the condemnation and the guilt and the shame that Peter is dealing with. It wasn't like Jesus like lived. He was going to the cross and it was public that he had died. So now Peter is dealing with this for three days, dealing with this whole thing for three days. And he probably was honestly disappointed in himself exactly. for a pattern of behavior that he probably always exhibited. Mm. Because when you look at Peter's pattern of behavior, how he was, I mean, it's both one of his, one of his strengths, strengths yeah. but it also is a weakness mm -hmm. because he can be seen as very impulsive. You know, the first one to answer when Jesus says, who do men yep. say that I yep. am? You know, he cuts the, the servant's ear off mm -hmm. uh, in the garden mm -hmm. when, when they come to seize Jesus. And, and three times he does exactly what Jesus said he was going to do. And a part of him probably was, no, Jesus, no, Lord, I'm not going to do that. Because within himself, he knew he had the capability to do that. So it was like, no, I'm mm. not going to do this. I'm not going to be who I normally am, who everybody says I am. And lo and behold, he does the exact thing that was said of him that he was going to do. So now there's a disappointment in the fact that I did it again. Mm -hmm. I did it again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, how many of us can just like be honest and take a second and say, you know what? I know exactly how that feels. The very thing I say I'm not going to do, I end up doing again. Romans 7. Yep. So you see this dichotomy of people who God ended up using mightily. God used these people, human people, mightily, and they deal with the same things that we deal with by disqualifying ourselves. And like we said last time, Peter kicked himself out of the class. Peter said, basically by his actions, now I'm going back to fishing. No longer call me a disciple. I am Peter. Goodbye. Because I'm not worthy of staying in this group if I can get to the place of not even acknowledging that I was ever with y'all in the first place. So he kicks himself out of the class, but Jesus comes personally, reminds him, uh, this really... Um, wasn't about you. Um, this was about me saving the world. So 
Um, I've risen from the dead and you are forgiven. Walk in that forgiveness and feed my sheep. Just think about that. How much did Peter have to let go in those moments with Jesus? How much did Peter have to get over his own self? Now, I wanted to show you guys this. The definition of probation. And let's see if this is what we do versus what God says we should do. We know what the connotation of probation is, is you don't get the full sentence. So if you go to court or whatever for a crime or whatever, probation is kind of like, okay, I could deal with that because at least it's not the full sentence. So it's kind of like, kind of like forgiveness. But I propose that we sometimes confuse probation with the forgiveness that God is talking about. And we put other people on probation and we put ourselves on probation. So what's probation mean? Subjection of an individual to a period of testing and trial to ascertain fitness. Okay, because that's a fancy one. Okay. Give me, give me the simplest one. What is that? This one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, that was no, no. Miriam Webster's. Well, what's the get? She's getting too fancy. What about the top one? Okay. The release of an offender from detention subject to a period of good behavior under supervision. Okay, now that's what I was looking for. Probation is not forgiveness. And the many times that we have put other people on a trial or test to see, okay, I'm gonna release you from detention, but you still under my thumb. I'm gonna release you, but probation is still a reminder period of what you did. So you still have restrictions. You're still going to be looked at the same way. You're still going to have those feelings. It's a reminder. Okay, because probation begs the question, well, what did you do? Forgiveness is treating the person like they never did it. Now, let's look at this, right? The God who does not forget, he chooses to not remember. There's an aspect of forgiveness that even while in the act of being offended, the Lord forgives. Luke 23 and 34, Jesus is getting nailed to the cross. And the first thing he says while he's dying is, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they are doing. That means they are actively offending him and actively offending God. And he says, Lord, get the forgiveness process going right now. Because they don't know what they are doing. It is important for us to understand that salvation and forgiveness are critically adjoined. In order for us to walk freely in what God has called us to, in order for us to fully come into the understanding of the depth of his love for us, we must understand and embrace the magnitude of his forgiveness. And in that, we must also understand the fact that that same forgiveness God is asking us to do with one another. And what that means is that means we are bearing with one another. We are patient with one another. We are giving each other grace. Why? Because we understand that the only way forgiveness works between us and God is God is patient with us. He's tenderhearted with us. He's kind to us. He loves us. And that love keeps no record of wrong. This is a challenge. This is so tough when you try to do it yourself. See, and this is why we were talking about probation and forgiveness in the sense that probation still gives the offended power. Right. So if we put people on probation, we can still manipulate their environment. 
So we can still choose to hold them accountable in a passive way. Well, I mean, you still deserve it because you didn't. But how many of us keep ourselves on probation when it comes to doing what God called us to do? What if Peter said, you know what, Lord, thank you for your forgiveness. But, you know, you're asking me, you're telling me to go feed your, your sheep right now. But um, I'm going to sit myself down for a while because I, I, if I could deny you like that in front of other people and then I got to go minister to those same people that I've denied you in front of, they're not going to receive me. So I don't deserve to, to even be forgiven right now. So that's nice. Thank you. Thank you for the gift of forgiveness. But you know what? I'm not going to receive it right now because um, thank you. But no, thanks. But what is what is that saying? What, what are we saying to God when we're like, uh, you know what? Uh, it, it's all right, Lord. I mean, you know, you sent your son to die on a cross for me. You know, you, you, you put all gave us all these spiritual blessings. You know, you 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 you, you, do, you did all these things for me without me asking. So but but that was nice. Thank you. Um, I'm going to I'm not worthy, so I'm just not going to do it. True forgiveness demands that offenses or acts of wrongdoing be completely put away to let God deal with them as if it never happened. So this opens the door for us as we talk about the mistakes that we made and the past that we have and the issues that we wrestle with and the things that happen in our lives that causes us to feel bad and condemned about ourselves. The things in our life that happens that causes us to disqualify ourselves like Peter. And they may be legitimate things. See, then that's what's crazy about this whole thing, right? Forgiveness speaks to the fact that there was a wrongdoing. Forgiveness speaks to the fact that there was an offense. Forgiveness in itself acknowledges the fact that something was wrong. But on the other side of it, forgiveness challenges us to exalt the act of God and giving Christ to us for Christ's sake, we've been forgiven. That requires us and challenges us to now take that offense and give it to God. Take the need to be justified and give it to God. It's not easy to do. God is calling us to forgiveness and not probation. And forgiveness gives people a fresh start. Forgiveness gives you a fresh start. Now, if God said he's given you a fresh start, then you must give yourself a fresh start, not because of you, but because of God. We give ourselves a fresh start, not because we deserve it. We forgive ourselves, not because we have any power in ourselves to forgive ourselves. The power to forgive yourself is based on the fact that Christ Open the door for God to forgive us. And I think that's the premise, because this can really be like a thing where, you know, oh, I forgive myself for all everything that I have done. No, you don't have power to forgive yourself just because you're you. <laughs> right. Because that, that's a whole nother thing. You can't absolve yourself from things. And also absolving yourself or, or forgiving yourself doesn't mean that there's not going to be no consequences. Forgiving yourself means I'm going to walk in the fact that. Christ died for me. And because Christ died for me, I'm embracing the forgiveness that I have because of that act. It's not because of me. Now, because Christ forgave me, I'm going to put my trust in God in the process that God has taken me through. And I'm going to not allow my guilt, my shame, my perception of unworthiness to drive my relationship with God 
and drive my relationship with other people. There is an inner overcoming that happens in our lives that God is calling us to as we walk with him after salvation. See, this is not this is not saying you're not forgiven from your sins. and You're not saved. That's not what this is. This is you have been following Jesus. This is you have been walking with the Lord. You have given yourself to the Lord. And if you haven't done that, we're going to invite you to do that today. But this is more so I've been walking with the Lord. I'm seeking another level of commitment. I'm seeking another level of of. And this is a process, the process of sanctification in that after salvation, there is a process by which this idea of conversion being adapted to God for suitability. And this brings me back to the example that I had thought of last week Mm -hmm. and never shared, because, yes, when we're referring to the word conversion, it's not in the sense that initial conversion that takes place when you come to Christ right. and you become something, if you were a Muslim and you became a Christian, mm-hmm. that because that also is uh, referred to as conversion. Right. But right. the conversion that we're referring to is basically another word for sanctification. Uh-huh. It's, it's ourselves being taken from one state to another. So you come to the threshold and, and you, you receive salvation. So now you're, a new person, but there's some things that have to get sort of computed. So I right. think about the example of, and I'm not a mathematician. That was definitely not my strong suit. That's my sister. Um, but if I'm correct, I'm thinking of when you convert numbers. So like mixed numbers, when you have a fraction and a whole number, when you have an operation that you have to do, say you have to add two fractions together, but they're not they don't have the same denominator, right? You have to then convert them so that they are the same denominator so you can in turn do the operation that you had to do in the first place. Mm -hmm. There's a conversion that has to take place so that you're able to do what is required Mm -hmm. of the numbers in the Mm -hmm. first place. Mm -hmm. So in a sense, we're being converted and we're being rearranged and God is taking certain things and he's multiplying uh, numbers mm-hmm, mm-hmm. with the numerator and the denominator so it's that process, we're able, yeah. right. It's a process so that we're able to be, okay, now we're on the same page. We've come to, to Jesus. We've come to Christ and God has done the rearranging that needs to be done. And this is something that honestly takes place really until we go to be with him until, Amen. until yeah, we are no more on this earth as human beings, because there's always a need to process in one way or another. So, you know, I mean, that was just the example. That's, that's yeah. a rough <laughs> no, analogy. Um, but, you know, when we were first meditating on the series conversion, being converted, and, and I was thinking about the word conversion, that's, that's right. what came to my mind was the process of a mathematical conversion. Because, mm-hmm. you know, just like, you know, with the numbers, we come to Christ and we have to be converted. That's right. And processed so that we're able to do what's required of us, whatever operation was required for us to be who we're supposed to be. That PhD little, in analogies. <laughs> that PhD. was my little spiel. PhD in analogies. <laughs> I mean, and that's exactly it. So the process that we're on is to get us to a level of suitability and usefulness in God's hands. And that means that there must be a constant surrendering a constant repentance, a constant acknowledgement of our frailty 
and a constant respect for God's sovereignty so that we might be on the same page as God. So to kind of encapsulate the whole idea of forgiving yourself, there was four things to kind of help us to put it in perspective here. And we're going to be doing another part next week. The first thing is first acknowledging that we all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Everybody's in the same place, which means all of us need forgiveness. That's number one. All of us need forgiveness. And the premise of self-forgiveness biblically is solely based on the fact that God, through Christ, forgave us. So we're not forgiving ourselves just because we're us. Second thing, forgiving yourself is not the same as giving yourself a free pass. Right. Forgiving yourself is not the same as letting yourself off the hook. Forgiving yourself is actually an acknowledgement of the fact that you were wrong. And it's a choice that you're making to turn from that act of wrongness and trust God because God forgave you for Christ's sake. And you are at a place where you realize the power of being forgiven and the power of being released. And it's the same way that God wants us to mirror that and say, if God can release me, I need to release myself. Not for me, but for God to use me. It's one of the most powerful scriptures in the whole Bible in regards to forgiveness. Is this, I believe it's in the Psalms. Mm-hmm. As far as the East Is from the West. That's how far God has taken our transgressions from us. Now, that's crazy. Like the East and the West will never touch. The furthest distance possible. That's how far God has cast our transgressions from us. Meaning, when he forgives you, you are forgiven. Whom the Son sets free is free indeed. Like it's real. And God is not putting you on probation for good behavior. He has forgiven you. We put ourselves on probation and then blame God. And things like condemnation and shame, like we said before, are all connected to this mentality that forgiveness is something other than what God is saying it is. And it's amazing how the enemy tricks us for us to um, to be convinced or to convince ourselves that Salvation and forgiveness from sins is somehow separate from uh, from forgiving each other. And like it's a different forgiveness, like because you're saved, you are required to be forgiving because you've been forgiven. But that that doesn't count when it comes to our relationships or that doesn't count when it comes to ourselves and our past or how we deal with each other or how we look at God when God doesn't use a different forgiveness. Forgiveness to God is forgiveness. And I think the power in this whole thing is is, is us acknowledging and um, coming to grips with what we have to do to get ourselves to embrace that fact. So there's a level of letting go of ourselves. And I was thinking about it deeper and I was like, hold on, man. Think about characters like Paul, who we'll touch on more next time, like who did atrocious things to Christians, to God, to the Lord himself. Think about characters like David who, you know, saw this woman who he thought was fine and set up 
so that the husband would get killed so he could end up sleeping with the woman. And he's the king. No, like real mess ups. Like the Bible doesn't like cover it up. It says the details of everything that happened. It shows the plot, the plan and everything like that. And then you did, you did. And it says whatever it is. Why is it doing that? Because that's our lives. God sees the setup that we, the plans that we have in our minds to do stuff. And the magnitude of his forgiveness is if you repent and you confess those sins, the Bible says he's faithful and just to forgive you and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. So if God cleanses you from all unrighteousness, why are you not embracing that for what it is? Why are we clean, but still seeing ourselves as dirty? And, and you think about that. That's like idolatry. That's like worshiping our own thoughts, worshiping our own mindsets, worshiping our own idea of what we deserve. And there's, it, there's, yeah. a, there's a gratification in it. Yeah. And, and not forgiving yourself because that means you can stay there, wallow in it and sort of soothe that part of you that, OK, you know, you did wrong mm-hmm. rather than just forgiving yourself and moving on and being accountable for that. Mm hmm. And then how you're accountable to that is by turning the other way. Exactly. But because we want to be comfortable and feel good about it, there's a part of us that that wants to sue that that part Mm -hmm. and and stay there. Because then that means you don't have to actually get up and go the other way. It's it's hard work. And it's harder because we're trying to do it ourselves rather than trusting and, and trusting God for what he has said already, that's ours. Don't let your past and all these things you've repented from, you have turned away from, or you're even wrestling with. You're not indulging. You're taking responsibility for your relationship with the Lord. And God is saying, I set you free from that. You're free indeed. Don't let that thing become an idol and cause you to walk away or disqualify yourself away from moving forward with God and each other. That's the premise of forgiving yourself. That's the premise of walking in the fullness of salvation and the fullness of what God has called us to. So, Lord, we thank you for this session. We thank you for this time. We thank you for this challenge. For some of us, it's a journey that we're on. For some of us, this is the most difficult thing that we'll ever seek to do because of the feeling of being unacknowledged, the feeling of being justified in feeling the way we feel. But this challenge that you're calling us to to surrender is not easy. So, Lord, we pray first that you would remind us of what your forgiveness towards us is. The fact that we have an opportunity to come into relationship with a holy, perfect God who never did anything wrong. But yet we in ourselves and in our humanity are sinful. But you made a way through Christ for us to have relationship with you and to give us a real fresh start. You're not putting us on probation. You have forgiven us. You have taken our sins and cast them as far as the east is from the west. So far you have cast our transgressions from us. So we pray, Lord, that this revelation of the depth of your love and your patience and your tenderheartedness towards us, that we would then in turn mirror that in our relationships and also turn that back on us, that we're not forgiving ourselves and letting ourselves off the hook for things that we have done, but we are putting them in your hands as the judge 
And because you said that we are forgiven, we have the faith to trust that we are forgiven and we will walk in that forgiveness so that we can be available and suitable for what you have called us to do in this earth. I pray, Lord, for those who don't know you, who have not had the awesome privilege to know what it feels like to be forgiven by God. I pray, Lord, that you would speak to them even through this now, that if they confess with their mouth, the Lord Jesus, and with their hearts believe that you have risen Christ from the dead, that they shall be saved and that you are faithful and just to forgive them of their sins and cleanse them from all unrighteousness, that they will walk into the liberty of what it really means to be forgiven by you. Lord, this is our prayer today, that even as we go into to, to, to the depths of this series, that you would uh, speak to us even more, cause your spirit to mature us in our relationship, that we can truly be free and live lives that are pleasing and useful for you. But this is our prayer. In Jesus' name, amen. We hope you've been blessed by what we shared. You can follow us at Sunday Devotionals on Instagram and like us on Facebook, where we can continue our discussions and keep in touch. We love you all and pray God continues to bless and keep you.